welcome to another episode of Dig Me Out. I am your host, Tim Minichi. Joining me once again, my co-host, Jason Ziak. Jason, how are you? Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> that's my, my Baba Booey impression. That's your, that's your Baba Booey? My personal life is the two, <laughs> but my professional life... Anyway. <laughs> I lost a lover and I lost a friend. <laughs> Uh, for you, for those of you who don't listen to Howard Stern, that's not going to make any sense whatsoever, but that's okay. This evening, or this afternoon, or this morning, whenever you listen to this podcast, um, we're going to go back in time to the 90s. We're going to dig out an album that, much like the Luster album we did a couple weeks ago, this is a, a one-album wonder. This is a band that put out one record and then disappeared. I'm talking about Seed and their 1994 album, Ling which is not a fun word to say. Ling. It really, like, kind Don't of... Don't you makes... see the, the play on words there? Oh, I do. <laughs> it's quite witty. Yeah. But if when you say the word ling, it, like, it causes your jaw to contract in a weird way. Mm-hmm. It's not fun. There was also a band from, I guess, the 60s called Steed, so anytime you try to find information on the 90s Seed becomes complicated because there's two bands called seed yeah yeah that's awesome i think there were the seeds also so i think there might be three. Oh wow yeah so seed let's talk about them they formed in austin texas in 1992 they uh signed to a local label in 93 and then a semi larger label not a&m surprisingly <laughs> giant records First band not signed to AM. Yeah, AM missed the boat on this one. Uh, they signed to Giant Records in '94 and released their only album, which incidentally was re-released in 2006 after it was remastered. I have no idea why anybody would choose to remaster this record. Maybe there's a big, <laughs> maybe there's a big following out there for Seed that we're not aware of. Did it come out on a different label? No, it just says re-released, remastered on Amazon. This is actually a, a one that you can buy, you know, individual tracks on Amazon. Last, uh, we heard from anybody in this band, the bassist and vocalist Chad Sales and the guitarist Dean Truitt formed a band called Color. So not only did they have a band called Seed, which was, you know, derivative of other bands with the same name, they had a second band called Color. Okay, what's wrong with that? Well, how many bands have had Color in their name or... Why don't you just call your your band Chair or Floor? I mean, that's... Okay. Yeah, I, I was really... that made That's me, a 90s thing, though. That's I, what everybody it, did. That's true. I, I know. I want to point out, though, um, there's a great blog called I Hate the 90s, where I find a lot of great information on 90s bands and even occasionally an MP3 or two. They posted some information about this album, and the bass player of Seed actually commented... Uh, that he had a uh, unreleased B-side that he was willing to share with uh, the owner of the website. So apparently, uh, Shell over at I Hate the '90s has a, has an unreleased song by Seed. So hopefully, I know I I think that Shell is listening to the podcast. So hopefully, she'll post that so everybody can hear it. Yeah, that'd be cool. So this was an album you were really familiar with, and I had really no knowledge of them i didn't listen to them back in the day so yeah full disclosure i mean this is an album that i 
bought at the time it came out. Uh, this is probably, I think, the first album that either of us were really familiar with uh, that we're going to review. Um, I think I bought it because Rhapsody, which is the first track of the album, right? Mm-hmm. Minor. Rapture. Rapture. Oh, Rapture. That's how familiar I am with it. Uh, <laughs> Rapture was a minor hit on MTV. I remember seeing the video. Yeah, it was on 120 Minutes. Yeah. The band image-wise was interesting for the time. They were sort of doing like a jellyfish. Even musically, they, they remind me a little bit of jellyfish. But the you, you stole my thunder. I was going to bring up jellyfish. A weird like 60s kind of rebirth kind of kind of grunge vibe. But uh, yeah, I, I got the album at the time. I listened to it quite a bit uh, for the couple of years following that. I hadn't listened to it in probably 10 years. Um, was shocked that you dug up a remastered version of it. Um, so I'm interested to hear what you think of it because uh, you know it's difficult for me to to to, to listen to it with, with fresh ears. I, I kind of you know I have listened to it for so long. To me right, it just right. Sounds you know, familiar. So. Well, here's the weird thing with this record. You know, I listened to it a couple weeks ago and I was like, eh. All right, this is this is good. It sounds of the times, but I'm not like blown away by it. And I listened to it a couple more times. Just had it with had it on the headphones. And the deeper I got in the record, the more I liked it. Like the tracks later in the album, more so than the what's supposedly up front is the singles. I actually liked more of the second half of the of the album. Now you brought up Jellyfish. I would also say the Posies were uh, something that sounded similar in terms of that. Those harmonies, that's the songwriting style. There's a real like um, '60s uh, influence in that psychedelic sound, and that's you know they're from Austin, Texas. There's a lot of psychedelic music that came out of Austin, Texas, in the '60s all the way up until now. Um, hmm. That's sort of a hotbed for. I didn't know that. Yeah, that style of music. Another band that I heard. Well, I heard a couple things. I heard a little bit of progressive rock. Uh, specifically the third song, which was the Baba song. Yeah. There's a very distinctive bass tone on this record because of the fretless bass. Yeah. And the intro to that song has like a chimey guitar, acoustic guitar, and a fretless bass. I thought it was going to go to a Peter Gabriel cover. Like, it sounds <laughs> like Genesis circa The Lamb Lies Down on Broadway. It is so progressive rock sounding. And then it sort of kicks into a normal rock song. But the beginning of that song, I was like, holy crap. Um, yeah, it does sound like Genesis. That's a really good point. So does, and, and, and a lot of it has to do with that bass sound. That bass sound is, it's, you know, it's a double edged sword. On some of the songs, yeah. it sounds really cool because it's unique. And there was nobody that was doing that in the 90s, except for maybe Jeff Ament from Pearl Jam on a couple songs. But well, melodically, at times, it carries like the whole song or parts yeah. of the song. Which and I know, there are other parts you want to break the guy's fingers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there are other parts where you're like, dear God, stop. Stop right. doing that. It definitely, on the more melodic tunes, I liked uh, track 10, which is Fortune. 
had this cool, almost like a precursor to emo uh, in the way that the vocal delivery, it was a very stretched out vocal. I don't know how to describe it exactly, but it, it had this um, almost like a really sunny, builds. Yeah, yeah, and it has almost like a Sunny Day Real Estate sound to it. And then you contrast that with uh, track five. It, I, I know it's the same lead, I know it's the same singer, but his voice sounds completely different. It's really deep on that song, almost yep. like a Richard Butler of uh, the Psychedelic Furs. I liked how they he varied that you know they brought it almost sounds like there's two different singers at times i mean not like in terms of like dramatic but the voice because of the harmonies and like you're saying some of the songs he gets really low you could i almost wonder like if there's two guys in the band who have very similar voices that do the harmonies and then they trade off lead but i don't know if that's true or not i'm not sure um That'd be something to research if there was any information available about who was Don't singing. Don't the Posies out. do that? Yeah, the Posies had the two lead singers, and they traded back and forth on the right. harmonies. You know, I liked I liked the single Rapture. I liked uh, track two Virgin. I really liked track eight Doe. They had a yeah, really strong awesome. chorus. That there's a that's one of the songs for me at the time really stood out, and then listening to it again, um, sort of reaffirmed why I liked it so much. That's just a great song. things i realized listening to it again now is that i think the album gets darker as you go through it which is interesting i think that's why i liked it i think that's a lot of them yeah yeah go ahead no i I was saying uh, as it went along it almost got um heavier Mm -hmm. a little bit you know the first couple songs are are sort of mid-tempo-y and it seemed like they started to shift things up in the second half and it actually reminded me a little bit of uh satchel's first album edc where you'd get like these really melodic slow songs and then like a song that would just have like a really heavy riff and you're like well this this previous song was just a you know a piano ballad and now there's a song that's got a riff that sounds like it's you know off of a Jesus Lizard album or something yeah i also liked they were pretty sparse in their use of additional instruments I like the organ that they used on the track four. It was subtle, but it added a little bit of depth to that song. Uh, there was a couple songs where they used a little bit of piano. Um, There's strings on uh, Fortune. Yes, the strings. I like them on, on Fortune. And I like that they really only had one, what would I, I would call a ballad, which was track 11. They didn't weigh this the album down with a lot of like really slow stuff. 
And I like the last song, too, which was like 20 minutes long. <laughs> yeah, they keep reprising the, the end there. It's kind of comical at some point. I was listening to it today at work, and <laughs> that end part plays for literally like 10 minutes, and it's only like, you know, four chords. Yeah. It's kind of insane. Yeah, I'm, I, I would say overall, I really was surprised at how much I got into the record. Usually, I, I'm a person who, if I don't like the record on the first listen, I'm not going to like the record. But this was one that, since I knew we were doing the review and I wanted to be really familiar, I kept listen to, listening to it, and I started to, it started to grow on me as I listened to it more. There are definitely some touchstones of 90s stuff that are kind of dated a little bit, but... Well, the, the, the drumming is very Dave Abruzzese from Pearl Jam sort of style where you know there's tons of splashy symbols and you know like 16th notes on the on the hi-hat and a lot of you know piccolo snare sounds and slappy that, that's what I that's how I describe it it's slappy it's you just... know the drums are they're precise but they're very you know splashy and you know that and the frontless bass obviously uh it's not something you hear very much anymore. Definitely dated. From a recording standpoint, you know, especially the remaster, it sounds great. Sonically, it sounds great. But yeah, you're right. There's some, uh, some, some pieces that sound from the night. One one thing I I sort of was uh was pulling out on the second listen that that, that really sounded like the '90s was uh sort of the muted guitar stuff that they do, especially in uh rapture oh yeah that's up that sounds like seven mary three yeah or stp's plush you know uh-huh. sort of the big open chords but then you sort of throw in the muted all muted you know court uh strums in there that kind of stuff appears here and there throughout the album that really kind of dates it to that time but i mean they're really obviously really good musicians so kind of surprised me that they didn't do more for album. I, actually it's kind of like jellyfish it's the same story like guys who were like super talented i mean you think about 94 there weren't a lot of bands doing harmonies like these guys are doing like two and three part harmonies that are really really well done i'm sure they were awesome live the bass player is insane i mean even though he gets annoying at times like he's obviously a really talented dude the drummer is really good so you know there's it's definitely from that aspect you know holds up really well I think from a songwriting standpoint, there's some songs on here, there's a couple songs, particularly Rapture. It's one of the songs you listen to now and you, and you think like, how was this not like a huge, huge song in the in 94? Because it kind of has all the qualities of, of say, STP's Plush or Seven Mary Three or all those songs that were gigantic hits. But in some ways it's even better because it's, you know, from a just a melody standpoint it's it's way stronger than any of those songs were yeah and i think you know what the problem with that was I, i've watched video of them playing live they didn't look like rock stars for for the for the grunge era you know right. they looked like the guys in jellyfish they had like kind of long hair and they were scruffy and they they're kind of hippie paisley, paisley yeah, i remember them wearing a lot of paisley yeah so they just they didn't fit what was being sold at the time so i don't think that people really knew what to do with them because they were That's getting the, airplay that might be one of the themes through podcast is why in the hell was the album we're reviewing at times not bigger than it was um i think 
the image didn't fit. You're right. I think another thing that sort of occurred to me listening to the album uh, now is the fact that it does get darker as you go. And this mix of... If you heard Rapture and you heard Kids, This is Fabulon, some of the stuff towards the beginning of the album, it's very pop. Um, pop rock and commercial. So I think as the as the album goes on, the songs get longer, they get darker, uh, at times they kind of get heavier, um, and that's unfortunately for, I mean, fortunately for people like us, musicians and sort of, you know, people willing to invest a little bit of time and into listening to records, that's great. It kind of takes you on a journey, but right, for the general right. public, when you hear something like Rapture and you listen to the rest of this album, you're like, where's Rapture 2? And it's right. not on here. So that's probably one of the big reasons why it wasn't it wasn't as big as it should have been, I guess. Well, I'm, I'm then I'm glad we're digging this one out because this is a this is an interesting record, and I think people who want are, are into bands like Jellyfish and the Posies and, and bands that were more experimental with their vocals and with their songs are are going to enjoy this one. Yeah, I think it's definitely worth checking out if you were into those types of bands. I mean, even people who are into sort of like. I hate to say this i'm gonna i almost want to throw up saying it but it's true like a dave matthews kind of thing just yeah. in terms of like the musicianship and the harmonies and yeah you know that that kind of stuff if you're if you're into that sort of music you would probably really like this record a lot you're into more sort of you think of 90s rock if you're into the heavier i mean not that this album doesn't get heavy but if you're in the stuff more like nirvana or you know the punk influence stuff you're probably not gonna like this record very much. Probably not. No, I kind of it. an oddball. It is an oddball, but that's what's uh, that's what makes it interesting. That it's not formula and it's not uh, you know cookie cutter and it's not something that you can easily define. And um, I think that makes it a cool record. So uh, I think that's it for us on this one. I think we've covered it. Can you still buy this record? You can get it on Amazon. Uh, you can get the 2006 remastered version as well. Sounds so, good. That sounds it. That's that's it. We're done. Another episode in the books. I want to thank uh, my friend Jay for joining me once again. And tune in next week for an ep- another episode of Dig Me Out. Visit the Dig Me Out podcast at digmeoutpodcast.blogspot.com. Join our Facebook page or follow us on Twitter at Dig Me Out Podcast. Seems that I-